With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back. This is episode 20 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by the Armchair All-Americans. Please go to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and find out all the ways that you can find this podcast. Also, go to nyysportstalk.com slash shop. Hook yourself up with a little uh, little swag from us. We are two weeks away from Christmas. We will. Can we guarantee shipping before Christmas? Can I guarantee anything in my life? Probably not. Probably not. But we'll try. We'll try. I'll ship it personally if I have to. So we're getting all the shilling out of the way early because, uh, Chris, I don't even know what to, what to say to you anymore. This was the last week we were supposed to do the third base bums. And then we said, all right, Aaron Boone got hired as the manager. We'll postpone it. We'll do it next week. It's funny. These the third base bums might be the biggest bums out of all the bums we've dissected. They're such bums that we can't even get to the segment because too many things are more important. And I know we've talked about it here on this podcast. Maybe a couple weeks ago, we just threw it in there as like a thing to talk about before we wrapped up about the the possibility of John Carl Stanton becoming a New York Yankee. And I ended that talk with. But it's never going to happen in a million years, so I don't know why we're talking about it. And then Friday night, it seems like the Yankees like to do things on Fridays, right? That's when the Boone news dropped. That's when this whole thing, uh, the whole John Carlos Stanton news started to come through, although it really wasn't like... It's still, as we're recording, uh, about a quarter to seven on Sunday night. It's still not official. I'm using air quotes because the teams have yet to uh, comment on it. Well, but unless... He fails a physical. He fails his physical. John Carl stands a New York Yankee. And, I mean, who would have ever thought that Brian Cashman, the stealth ninja that he is. Someone else called him that. That's what he, but that's what he is. The man is a ninja. He lurks in the night, karate chop, ba boom, and (laughs) the guy just makes moves. The guy, he has now acquired. According to reports, and we're going to go with this as being fact because everybody's reporting on it. It's not just like, come on, Aaron a Judge. A guy said, yeah, okay, well, Aaron here Judge you. tweeted it. Aaron Judge tweeted it. He sent a night, is it a GIF or GIF? It's a GIF, man. It's, it's a oh GIF. Oh, my God, you're so old. Of, 
<laughs> of the stepbrothers. This is the Jiffy. <laughs> All right. Of the stepbrothers scene where they real what do they say? Have we just become best friends? Yeah. And, and, and he tagged and he John. Tagged, and then he had a little fist. Yeah, like and then he bump. tagged John Carl Stanton in it. So, I mean, if you're MVP, right? Come right. on. Right. Uh, is tweeting about it. He, somebody's had to have said to him, come on. It's, it's okay to say this, right? We know the trade. Like, we know the pieces of it. This is happening. It's, it's pending, uh, uh, physical here. And he was in, Stanton was either in late Friday or Saturday. He was in New York. I think, I think Marchand reported it. I'm not sure. It could have been Sherman. Joel Sherman was the one that Saturday morning, he was all over well, it. So let's give credit to him. Guy does a great job. He was the one really breaking down a lot of the particulars of the trade. Well, what I was going to say was, and so was NYY Sports Talk, but what? It, well, it, well, I'm going to get to that in a second. <laughs> But something they posted was the Yankees are being very cautious of what they release right now because they don't want this to break and then Stanton comes in and, and they fail him on a physical and that's on them. Uh, I guess because he's such a liability, I don't know. How about Didi's tweet, though, uh, to Aaron Boone? Hey, Skip, am I still back and forth? <laughs> really? You didn't see I didn't that see one? That. He he posted a gif of the rock doing the people's eyebrow. Nice. And then he said, Hey skip he tagged Aaron Boone and he said, Hey skip, am I still batting forth? That's awesome. So let me take you, because I didn't even really take you through this. I wanted to talk about it here. And the and our listeners through my Friday night. Things started to get interesting earlier in the night. Uh reports were coming out that Stanton was with his people at Yankee Stadium. This started to get real. And as the hours went by, nothing was coming out. There were little bits and pieces coming out from credible sources on uh, the Yankees getting closer, things getting real. Um, it got so bad that the next next thing I knew, I looked at the clock and it was 4.30 in the morning. Um, there were so many people on Twitter, Corelli, me and Corelli were going back and forth at three in the morning, trying to keep our eyes open. We're just hitting refresh on, on Twitter, on Google, everything trying to, you know, be on top of it. And I hit a cutoff point, but I had an article locked and loaded because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, and then I just happened to really wake up couple hours later when it was somewhat as official as it was going to be. So we were able to drop it fairly early. But I mean, there were millions of people waiting for this to drop. Just regular fans, everything just waiting. They couldn't sleep. That was the excitement around this. Well, Friday night, I had to go to I went to bed around like 930, 10 o'clock because I had to be up at 3 a.m. on Saturday. So. Really, I didn't even think anything was news at that point around like 9.30, right? I don't think so. It's such a blur to me. I couldn't tell But then when I woke up in the morning and I start, you know, I go through, you know, social media, see if anything happened. And I see that you tweeted like 45 minutes ago. I was like, what the hell was he doing? (laughs) I I wanted to be on top of it, man. But I'm saying to myself, what the hell could have possibly happened? 
because I only caught like part of a conversation between you and Corelli. So what the po- what could have possibly been happening at two thirty in the morning that Chris and Corelli are having a conversation? And then I'm like, oh my god, the Yankees have tr- are tra- trying to trade for Giancarlo Stanton. Like this is actually happening. I think at the time you just spoke of the nine thirty mark. We knew already that he was at Yankee Stadium because I think you sent me that screenshot of that tweet at that point. I don't really – I don't think any – did I? Because I would have probably maybe even said screw me up at 3 o'clock in the morning if I had known that it was that close to me. Yeah, I think – I think – oh, maybe it wasn't you. Someone tweeted me. Barstool was posting that. Uh, yeah, because to me, when I went to bed on Friday night, like I had really little to no knowledge of anything was even going down at this point. That's why I was like so stunned that like our Twitter had blown up overnight. I was like, Jesus, did somebody die? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was pretty exciting. I mean, Yankee fans, non-Yankee fans, Yankee haters. Everyone was just going crazy over this. I mean, millions of tweets. It was fun. And then I think it was like maybe like what? When did I text you? Like seven, seven thirty? And Joel no, it was like six. No, actually, it was like I think the first tweet I saw was probably about four, four thirty in the morning. That somebody had tweeted that it's virtually done. Right. That's what. And it that was. Castro was definitely in the deal. And. Then it was about maybe a couple hours later, about 7 a.m., that we had confirmation that the Yank they have reached an agreement on players. It it still isn't real to me. Like I know it's not officially official yet, but it's still surreal to me. All right, so let's take this from now. All right, here's, this is what we knew last week at John Carlos Stanton, that the Marlins had two separate deals in place with San Francisco and with St. Louis. They had the deals agreed upon, and Stan said, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I think, I think, and, and I'm sure you can, and a million other people can tell me I'm probably right here. I think if Stanton's going to make this move as a franchise, I mean, did you ever think Giancarlo Stanton was going to move from Miami? Didn't you think they were going to be able to build around him to win at least one championship there? Uh, but apparently, the previous ownership completely screwed up. Yeah, I know the finances. But, and when Jeter's group came in, they had to drastically cut payroll to. I, I don't, I'm not going to use the term "save the team," but to get the team on a path yeah. where they can be competitive. And apparently, by trading Stanton, like that's 80 percent of the work that so, they had to well, do. Well, this is what I'm getting to now. A, he declined those trades because he wants to go somewhere where he knows within the next couple of years he's going to have a legitimate chance at a World Series. I don't know that either of those two teams would be bad places to go, though. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not but, St. Louis but, so much, but San Francisco. But like, might, is here's my to thing, right? He knows the Yankees and the Dodgers were interested to an extent. He's going to want to go to a team that's locked and loaded and he, ready to go. His first, and it was reported today, I think, that his first choice was the Dodgers because he's an L.A. kid and that was his team growing up. Yeah. But the Dodgers never got serious in negotiating with um, Miami because of their own financial situation. So my second point was going to be you look at this trade and it looks like an absurdity. It looks like a steal. 
and it looks like you can sit there and go, what the hell is Miami doing? The same thing Texas did in 2003. But I mean, what it came down to was, you know, you sit here and you say, how the hell didn't we have to get rid of Frazier or Torres or whoever? Because the Marlins weren't looking for prospects back. They were looking to clear his payroll to then go out and use that money to build the team. And on top of that, I heard, I think you told me this, the Yankees got serious when Cashman said, you know what, I'll I'll drop Ellsbury out of this. Initially, it was reported that the Yankees wanted to send Ellsbury, and why not? I mean, if you're going to take on that contract, you got to shed some pay. Because the Yankees' thing is to get under the luxury tax this year. It's very important to how that they do it. And actually, the way that this deal broke down for the Yankees, it's not going to affect them getting under the tax because right. Castro and Holiday from 2017 equal John Carlos Stanton and whoever's going to play second base, whether it be Torres or Torres, right? Because they're going to make league minimum rookie money. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's here's what I want to get to now. It seems as if most teams approaching the Stanton deal. We're saying, hey, we want to shed this crap payroll to you, but to make up for it, we'll give you some top-tier prospects. And I think that was the Yankees' train of thought at first also. They're trying to shed Ellsbury, maybe also throw in a Headley or something, and then give away maybe a Frazier or a Chance Adams or something like that. And Miami just kept saying no. It, it wasn't making sense for them because their biggest thing was – they wanted to shed this contract and not take in another one. It's, and and the second Cashman gave up the fact that uh, a minor league team wouldn't even take Ellsbury right now, that's when the Yankees got serious. Yeah. Uh, and if you believe everything that's out there, it doesn't even seem like Miami's going to keep – might not even keep Castro around because apparently the Mets are going to reach out to Miami – to try to acquire Castro once this deal is uh, finalized, I think he's a great fit for the Mets. All right, let's so let's take the deal. There's a, there's so much to break down about this. So let's take the deal itself. I don't think that this is as big of a steal as people think it is, and maybe that's my Yankee glasses on, but I really don't think so because think about it like this: the Yankees are taking two hundred. 40, 240 million dollars of that contract. I think it's more. I think it's 260. Well, no, is it 260? I think it's two. Well, no, it's two. He's getting 24 over 10, right? Yeah. So there you go. All right. So he's taking on. So they're taking on a big contract, right? And on top of that, so if you're going to take that big of a contract on, you shouldn't have to give up any of your elite level prospects. Exactly. So if Miami said, "Oh, we'll 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 take 100 million dollars," okay, then. Maybe you can have Clint Frazier or Chance right. Adams or somebody like that. But they traded Saron Castro, who, who, and again, you know, Tudor own horn, Tutu, yep. who is the first entity out there in, Yan- only, in the Yankee universe only. and probably the only one to bring up the prospect of trading Saron Castro. I'm actually going to give you full credit for that because when you brought it up, I thought you were crazy. I thought the only way Castro goes based off his postseason was if he was failing in the first half of the season. But, you know, he was their 
he was their major league ready guy that the Marlins took out of this deal. All right, because think about it like this. The Yankees knew they had to shed some type of salary in this deal to get Stanton back to offset some of that, right? So you think about the guys that are making money on that team that they would trade. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, nobody wants to touch him. No one ever. Not even his wife wants to touch him right, right. now. You got Brett Gardner who, you know, there's reports out there the Yankees still uh, might want to try to move him, but why? Don't you think he fits this team? Gardner? Yeah. I'm I'm shocked. Listen, when we're talking Giancarlo Stanton and you're going to tell me Gardner might be part of the deal, at that point I say, you know, yeah, maybe. I'm okay with it if if we're getting Stanton. But in any other circumstance at this point, I don't understand why you'd get rid of Brett Gardner. In a separate deal. I Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So why would you trade Brett Gardner? You need a leadoff hitter on this team. You think Aaron Hicks is a leadoff hitter? No. I mean, so then what's your other option there? Like Jacoby Ellsbury, who right now is a fifth outfielder on this team. So if you move Gardner, then Ellsbury's got a... Uh, he's the fourth outfielder. He's still not going to... Even if you trade Gardner, he's not cracking the lineup. Right? Right. And... All right, so who's going to... So then you say, who's going to lead off? You want Torres to lead off? No. No. Um, do you want Didi Gregorius to lead off? No. Not, not really. really, right? No. I mean... All right, so let's go back to what we were just speaking of then. Uh... Who would the Yankees have? To, Yankees need to trade somebody to making some type of money on this team in this deal. So nobody's touching Ellsbury. It wouldn't, to me personally, it wouldn't make sense to trade Gardner. It, even in place of, because they weren't going to trade Gardner and Castro, it would have been in place of Castro, right? right? So even then, it still wouldn't have made sense to me because I think Gardner fits this team and he needs to be on this right, team. Right, because it just doesn't make sense. I mean... You, it just doesn't make sense. Stanton's either going to DH or he's going to play left field, right? Or he'll play right field when Judge needs a day or Judge is going to DH or something. All right, but then you got Headley. But who's going to take on Chase Headley? Well, that's something else I want to get to, too. I mean, is there any possibility in your mind that Todd Frazier comes back? I don't see how the Yankees are going to take on that salary. They... Was it Sherman? Did Sherman write that article that I sent you? I think so. And it really breaks down well what the Yankees' payroll situation looks like. They have money to make a move, but they need to sign a fifth starter. So why would you bring in Todd Frazier if you still have Chase Headley on the team? It doesn't make any sense. As much as you and I would like to see Todd Frazier come back, and as much as you and I have said in the past, we want Todd Frazier to come back. It doesn't make sense at this point when you have Chase Headley. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm hearing that the Yankees are still going to be aggressive and try and get rid of Headley. And then you got Didi's making a, maybe like, what, maybe four or five million bucks? But where are you going to trade Didi Gregorius? No way. All right, so that leaves Starlin Castro because, A, you got <laughs> a you got Torres that can fill in because even if Torres comes down to Ert and hit Ert, <laughs> Even if he comes down to earth this year and hits 240, you can't carry 240 in this lineup? Right. You carry a couple guys hitting 240 in this lineup. 
Don't say that because you know somebody else is going to fall on their face this year. Didi Gregorius is going to be the seven hitter this year. Somebody put out a lineup today where you can legitimately make the argument that Didi could hit eighth in this lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Can we get to that now? In a second. And then if you don't want Torres to be your your second baseman full time, there's just there's this guy, hashtag Gliber Good. I'm going to make a prediction. Who's who's warm? Who's going to be ready? The Yankees are going to be itching to get him up here around Memorial Day. I'm going to make a prediction. Whenever, I don't know what it is, and so maybe somebody can inform us, but whenever that cutoff is where this year doesn't count towards his service time, they're going to bring him up at that point. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. This team is going to be itching. Itching. To just put out the best possible starting lineup to start the season. If Gleyber Torres has a phenomenal spring training, he will be in the starting lineup for opening day. I don't I don't see how that No, let me take that back. I do see how that could possibly happen. I think there's a very good chance that Gleyber Torres breaks camp with this team, but also could see how the Yankees might want to do that deal where they bring him up after I understand. But it's going to take a lot for Torres not to be in this lineup to start. I think if he shows any regression, any anything that he needs to rehab a little better since he missed. Yeah, I mean, he really so didn't play a lot last year. If he comes out and he looks like the rust is off and he's ready to go and, you know, the elbow's feeling strong and healthy and he's not having any issues, no small things, inflammation, anything like that. He's starting second baseman on opening day. Uh, I don't. I don't think it. To be honest with you, it doesn't really matter who the second baseman is on opening day. If you, you get, if you can give me a guy that won't kick the ball around, this team is going to be. We should just get Chris Carter back. We'll put him at second. Did you know? This is another thing. There's there's so many things I want to talk about regarding this deal because there's so many like ridiculous theories or comments about it and that was one of them how how well did it go for the yankees the last we got this tweeted at us a few more than a few times how well did it go for the yankees the last time they they acquired the reigning nl home run <laughs> champion uh they won a world series who oh i thought you were saying sorry i thought you were getting at uh reigning al mvp no the last time they acquired the reigning nl home oh. run champion was last year which right was which chris was chris carter, carter. shut up if so, so people are putting Chris, Chris Carter, Carter and yeah. Stanton in the same breath. Give me a break. People just try and find ways to to hate Cashman. I really believe that. It's so asinine to me that you can look. If you want to sit here and say we just picked on and picked up another big contract that we shouldn't have, haven't we learned from a Rod? If that's your gripe, okay, I'll let you have it. But here's my thing. When A-Rod came here in 2004, okay, mm-hmm. the Yankees won the pennant in 03, thanks to our new uh, manager. manager. <coughs> Excuse me. When A-Rod well, that was came really here, thanks to Mariano Rivera, and he just was up at the right time. Whatever. When he came here, the dynasty was starting to crumble. It had already crumbled at that point. All right. So we're bringing... A t- another 10-year contract on board. But this is a guy who's what? About to turn 29? He's 28 right now. I don't know when his birthday is. 
Okay. So he's just getting into his prime. Just in his prime. He's coming to a team that is filled with young all-stars who are the foundation of this team for a very long time. He is here for the rebuild of hopefully another dynasty, not the crumbling of a dynasty. If you can get two, dare I say three, World Series championships with Giancarlo Stan, I don't think that that's far from a possibility. So if you can say that, you take on that 10-year contract. I think about it like this too, about the contract. You know, if they didn't make this deal, you don't think they're going to throw 10, 300, and then 10 years, 350, maybe $400 million at Bryce Harper next year? I'm hearing possibly closer to 500. So what's a better deal? This. And Stan has an opt out after the 2020 season. Now you're going to say, oh, he might, why would he ever opt out? But maybe he's not going to like it here. Maybe they maybe they won a World Series or two in the next couple of years, and now the Dodgers are in a place to make a move on him. All I'm going to say and is— And he wants to go home. If you're a Yankee fan and you're against this, you really have to sit down and look at everything all together. Stop comparing it to the A-Rod deal, which, guess what? Gave us a World Series. So putting aside all the BS that he brought here, if you could get one World Series out of, out of a 10-year contract— it's successful, okay? The Yankees, correct me if I'm wrong, have won a World Series in every single decade since they become the New York Yankees, except for 2010. They, we still I have. I think a, they won one in the 80s. We still have two years left. They haven't won one in the 80s. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they did. When did they win? I'll look it up. But let me get to my point here. I'm pretty sure they made it in '81, but they didn't win. To, to. Win one World Series in a 10-year span is a success. Of course you want to win more, but one in every 10 years is a success. But it's frighteningly similar that the Yankees, in 2003, they traded an all-star second baseman for the reigning MVP. And here we are in 2017, they traded an all-star, MV- uh, an all-star second baseman for the reigning MVP. But you know what? It's just completely, it's completely it's, different. It's a giant coincidence too, if you ask me. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can read that Stanton's going to have any, any type of bearing based on how A Rod was in here. Just based on that, it's just. And a you're right. You're right. They didn't win one in the '80s. I think. I forget who texted it. Maybe they said they've been in a World Series. I know for every right. decade. You don't have to tell me. I know. I know. I know. You're always right. Yep. Yep. So you should tell somebody else that. My life would go a lot easier. Uh so you know what? A Rod to me was a successful contract. He might have been a pain in the ass, but I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back in time and and do that over. I actually really enjoyed having A Rod. He was box office A Rod. As much as we love Jeter, he, he wasn't the type of box office attraction that Alex Rodriguez was. But isn't that the fun aspect of this? Like, Stanton is box office, but guess what? We already got a box office guy here. And I don't care if Stanton is a million times better than Judge. No one will be above Judge 
at Yankee Stadium. Do the judges' chambers go away this year? No way. And they become the stand seats? The stand seats. <laughs> Patent pending. Uh, if they put that... I'm telling you, if the New York Yankees put out the friggin' stand seats next year, they owe us money. Yeah. They, they do. They have to pay Lots us. Lots of money. Because I'm telling you, everything we seem to say out here on this podcast that seems a little out in left field, it just magically starts happening around Murderers here. Murderer's Row 2.0. That's us. You hear it anywhere else, they stole it. <sighs> All right, so let's get into this lineup. Briefly, where's Stanton hitting for you? Cleanup. And who's, and who's hitting third? Because I agree with you. Stanton is my cleanup hitter. I don't want to... See, here's the thing. I don't want to bat Judge second, but I don't see where else he fits in this lineup now. Oh, come on, man. You have to have Judge and Stanton back-to-back. And we're, but, all right. It's not Girardi anymore, so maybe right. we can stack righties, but why would you? Why wouldn't you put in Bird to break that up? You just can't. You so just who, can't. All right, so assuming Gardner's still on the team, Gardner's going to lead off. Guardy's a lock and leadoff if he's on this team, yeah. So who's batting second? That's the big question. Gary Sanchez? Now, you could say, right, before thinking too much into it, you could say, oh, maybe they'll put Bird there or something. But no, his speed is atrocious, right? You can't have Greg Bird hitting second. No. Plus, you know, what I'm saying is I know you're going back-to-back lefties, but it's better than... Gardner and then if we're going back to back lefties, then why then I put Didi at number two? If well, you have no problem going back to okay. back lefties, then I want Didi in the, in the two spot. All right, so here's here's my thing. Didi probably makes the most sense as a two hitter. I personally think they're going to go with Hicks. Hicks is a switch hitter, right? Yep, he's a guy who who will get on base. Uh, and he's got some speed. I think Hicks, at least on paper right now, makes the most sense as a number Chris, two. Chris, if you do that, then think of this friggin' lineup. Because then, all right, so if you, I'm going to take your point because I don't mind Hicks too. So you got Guardi. I think the fact that he's a Hicks, switch hitter makes it. Judge, Stanton. Right. So, then, so now we're at five. Sanchez? So I want Sanchez fifth. All right, so then you're but batting then you're Greg going, Bird sixth. And Didi Gregorius is seven. Think about that. Didi Gregorius hit hitting seventh on this team. Yeah. And then you take second base and Headley and put him wherever the hell you want to. Right. <laughs> it's comical. Who in who by 2019 is going to be probably Miguel Andujar or if the Yankees want to get wild, Manny Machado and <laughs> maybe. And, but, and Gliber Torres. So here's something I want to say. You look at a you look at a lineup, right? And you take one guy like Stanton, and people are saying this is an already vicious lineup. Why do we need a guy like Stanton? Stanton alone makes this lineup so much better. Did you see what adding Stanton did to this lineup? That Didi Gregorius is batting seventh. Well. Let me let me. The guess. guy the guy is gonna hit thirty home runs this year. I mean, he almost hit thirty without with missing a whole month, and you're gonna bat him <laughs> seventh. Listen, so a lot of people just kind of close their eyes and say, "Okay, I'm inserting Stanton into this lineup, and now it's even more incredible." You want to tweak the Red it's, Sox fans right now? <laughs> it's more than that. Stanton, Judge, 
Sanchez and Gregorius have hit hit 169 home runs in 2017. Boston as a team hit 168. I know. That's crazy. But here's what I'm getting at. When you put a guy like Stanton in this lineup, it sounds great on the surface, but when you really dive into it, here's what this does. Ready? You look at it and you say, okay, Stanton goes in there. How much better does Judge get hitting before him now? Because he's not going to see all those pitches out of the zone anymore. Yeah, pitchers are going to try and get him to chase, but as long as he's um, patient at the plate, he's going to get a lot of pitches to hit. Then you got Stanton coming up. Well, think about what Judge is going to do for whoever hits second. Your three, four hitters hit 111 home right. runs in 2017. So so then you, you bring Stanton up to the plate, right? And you say, okay, they can pitch around him, right, a little bit? No, you can't. Because whoever that next hitter is going to be, whether it be Sanchez, Bird, whoever, they're dangerous. Gary hit over 30 this year. Yeah. So look at what that does. Look at how much Stanton affects everyone else in this lineup, not and just himself. And there are people that still think Greg Bird is the best hitter on this team. I still think he's and the he's best gonna, hitter And you're going to bat him six. Yep. It's crazy. There's going to be games where the Yankees are going to score four runs before even recording an out. Look. And it's going to be look easy. It's going to look easy. Hey, look. I don't mind Greg Bird hitting third because I think your best hitter should be hitting third. I don't mind Greg Bird hitting third, then going Stanton and going Judge. I really don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I just don't think they'll go that way. If you are a media, I'm not talking about like the Chris Sales or Corey Kluber's of the world because they're great and they're gonna they're gonna be on their A games and they're gonna get anybody out when they're on. If you're but if, if you're, you're a mediocre, a, a mediocre lefty, pitcher, don't show up to face the Yankees, especially at Yankee Stadium because uh, you're probably. I'm gonna. 95% of the time you probably won't even make it out of the second inning. It's crazy. This team man. is going to mash and it's going to it might set records. Maybe. And they and I would have felt that way possibly. I think we both would have felt that this would have been an offensive juggernaut even without John Carlos Stanton. And now you're adding in a guy that hit almost 60 home runs this year. So here's in a ballpark that's a lot smaller than the one that he hit in well, games here's, this year. Here's my only concern with the move. It's not the contract. It's not the money. My only concern is that, okay, and I, it's not a full concern because I think Judge has such a strong head on his shoulders. He was becoming the face of this team, and he still is. He's still going to be. But everything was hyped around him. And again, I still think it's going to be. But you're adding a superstar who... You know, Judge had a breakthrough year last year for his first full season. This guy has been the talk of baseball other than a couple years ago. He kind of fell off a little bit. But this guy's been the talk of baseball for a handful of years now. And you're bringing him to New York, and this is a big deal. I know it's a it's a difference because Jeter was already here, a winner and established. But just like when A-Rod came in here and he didn't take this team from Derek Jeter, it was still Derek Jeter's team. Stan's not going to take this team from Aaron Judge. The fans, you and I are fans. We're not. No, exactly. It's still going to be Judge's team. This is still Aaron Judge's Yankees. I Unless agree. Aaron Judge falls off the face of the earth this year. This right. is still his ball club. But, you know, Judge starts slumping now and, and Stanton's 
hitting 10 home runs in eight games and Judge is striking out 100 times in a month, is is the pressure a little bit heavier on Judge now? I think it's less. I think he doesn't feel the weight of the world on his shoulders this year. But does he feel like he's starting to be overshadowed in that, you know? I would say other guys, but I think this kid is, he's, he's just mentally, so he's on a yeah. different level than a lot of other people. Yeah, I agree. But so it, it, I'm just saying that if there was anything about this deal that made me just a little cautious, that was it. Other than that, you're, cra- I'm sorry, you're crazy if you don't like this deal. There's other than the possibility of him getting injured, which apparently is if, he played 159 games last year, which is a career high, and just people were worried about his health. But as a, in the American League as a DH, I mean that's got to be good for him. Well, that's what I that's what I was saying the other day to someone. Um, it's a little bit different now. You're not every time Stanton played in Miami, he had to play the field. That wears on a on on a guy who's that big, and that I think that's somewhat of a concern for a guy like Judge as well, who's built that way. Um, but you have a DH spot here in the Bronx. I mean, that's taking a lot of weight off his body. And let's say Judge plays 155 games this year, right? I would say it's got to be close to 125, 130 that he's in the field. I want him to play over the field over Stanton. I, the only way Giancarlo Stanton plays right field in my mind is if Judge needs a full day off or a DH day. That's what I'm saying. You could DH Judge more often this season now that you have Stanton, but I still think maybe give him 30 games as DH right. and let him play 120 games in the field. I'm fine with that. All right, so you and I are both in agreement. This is a phenomenal trade for the New York Yankees. Yes. That neither one of us really see any downside in it. Correct. And if we didn't think the Yankees were the favorites in the American League beforehand, I mean, this probably puts them over the top. 100%. All right. Can I tweak the Mets right now? 100%. Can you, Met fans, stop being whiny crybabies right now? Could you? Could you just do me that favor? It's not my fault that my dad was a Yankee fan. It's not my fault that my grandmother was a Yankee fan. It's not my fault that I was born in 1983, but I've been a Yankee fan for not, since 1982. I mean, do the math on that one, right? right. When the fishes were swimming, right. they were swimming with pinstripes, okay? When the mistake is in process. Okay. It's not my fault. It's what, what also is not my fault. You being the mistake. What? I said when the mistake was in its process, you were already. Oh, well, it depends. Fan. It depends. If my dad's mad at me, even at thirty-four years old, sometimes he still gets mad at me, you know, because you know, parents, right? I'm a mistake. But when he loves me, like when I went over there to shovel yesterday, I'm a surprise. Your <laughs> wife just texted me. What? She doesn't even know what we're talking about, but she's in the other room, and she just said it's entirely your fault. So. <laughs> It's just always your fault. See, this is what I, I said that earlier, didn't I? <laughs> I said something very similar earlier. Yeah, man. Everyone just get off our backs. You act like we're buying championships again. No, look at our team. But look here's at what we've assembled. But this is what I'm getting to. You, with- think, you think, what, we, Cashman should, should have passed up on this opportunity? 
just because we already have a good team of young players? But what, what are you I, out of your mind? But what I was saying, it's not my fault that the Wilpons are cheap. It's not my fault that they got hooked up with Bernie Madoff. And don't tell me that that's gone because it's not. Okay, because the Mets are playing with the big boys in New York City. They went to the World Series in 2015, okay? I got to say something. I'm saying this as a baseball fan right now, not as a Yankee fan, because I'll be honest, as a Yankee fan, I'm just indifferent towards the Mets. I don't really care. I like the Mets. I'm being honest (coughs) with you. I like the Mets because you want to know why? I'm a baseball fan, right? Yankee diehards, but I like watching baseball. And if the Yankees are playing in the West Coast... Or if they're off and the Mets are on, I'll watch the Mets. But if they're terrible, I have no interest in watching them. So I like when they're good. I don't like when they're so good that they're better than the Yankees. But I like when they're good. I Unless they're playing the Mets, I'm indifferent towards the Mets. I'm not going to sit here and say I like them. Um, I'm not rooting for them, but you know what I'm saying. I don't hate the Mets. I'm not one of these these guys that go... F the Mets because I'm a Yankee fan. No, I like when they do good because it's better for baseball. I agree. So... You know, I don't hate the Mets. I'm speaking as a true baseball fan now, not as a Yankee fan. If I was a Met fan, I would be so utterly disgusted with this organization. Think, just think about this for a second. They did their rebuild. They, they assembled, in my opinion, one of the best rotations of young The arms. staff was disgusting. It really okay. was. They made it to a World Series. And they were right there. And you said to yourself, all right, they're going to come back over the next couple of years and they're going to finally do it. And not only did they not do it. They haven't even been close. I mean, they, they made the wild one card. one of the most abysmal teams. I mean, how did this happen? In 16, they made it to the wild card game, which uh, that's that's okay. That's yeah, okay, I but... mean, what are you going to do? It's a, it's a one game. But I'll tell you right now, if after this season, the Yankees only make it to the wild card game, we're going to destroy them on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it was okay for the Mets, but it's not okay for no. us. No, <laughs> no. Not when you're adding Stanton to this lineup. You better go out and you better at least win a pennant next year. Do you agree? What? That they better win a pennant? They yeah. Ha- I, would, I told you that even before they got John Carl Stanton, that they needed to go out there and get to that point. I agree. And this is going back to the Wilpons being cheap. Why should I, why should I feel bad that I root for a team that, right or wrong... Goes out there and does everything in their power to put a friggin' championship contender on the field. Why, why should I feel bad about that? I agree. So if you're a Met fan right now, go cry in your friggin' Cheerios, you know, or your chicken noodle O's or whatever the hell you have in that sorry bowl of yours. Just go cry in it because I don't feel sorry for you because you know what? Every time I try to like the Mets and then you guys, you, you guys just turn on us. It's little brother complex, and right. I'm tired of it. Right. I'm not going to feel bad anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I agree. I I do agree, full-heartedly. Uh, you know, reading tweets yesterday, like, oh, I'm not going to watch baseball for the next five years. Don't. I don't really care because right. you know what? We're going to. I'm going to, so that's all that matters. All right, so I tweaked the Mets. I had to do that you good? today. You feel good I now? Mean, I did. I feel better about life. Um. You're such a happy person all the time. It's so so weird to see you so angry. <laughs> all right. So in that column we referenced earlier about um, how, you know, this deal affects the Yankees and payroll and tax or whatever. So they have money. They Even without making another deal, they have money to, to play with a little bit. Because Cashman said that they have to leave 
X amount of dollars open so they have the ability to add payroll at the deadline if they should need to. But really, I mean, come on now. Do we are we gonna sit here in July and say, oh, the Yankees need to add somebody? I really hope not. Yeah. Because <laughs> if the Yankees are looking to add pieces in July, I mean something has gone wrong. Gone wrong. Somebody's hurt or underperforming or yeah, something. Unless they're talking about maybe a pitcher. Or something. But that's where it is. The Yankees need to sign a fifth starter. Because as of right now, you got Tanaka, you got Sonny Gray, you got uh, Luis Severino, you got Montgomery, right? I don't think Sheffield or Chance Adams is really ready right now. Maybe later on in the season, but not right now. I said this in our uh, Q&A with Pinstripe Passion. Uh, check them out on Twitter, by the way, at Pinstripe Passion. Um, they did a nice article on us, a little Q&A with me and Christian I didn't see his answers. We had some identical, uh, some identical stuff. It's, but, it's uh, scary that how long uh, and how often we've been around each other that we're starting to think alike now. So I don't know. Maybe that's good for him, but bad for me. Bad for me, definitely. No, bad for me. I've always been an upbeat, great person. You've also been really f- dumb, though. Whatever. Uh, one of the questions was: Is CC going to come back? And my take on it was: I didn't really convey this as well as i wanted to i still do think he's going to but i'm getting a little um skeptical because did you really just just bust out skeptical yeah do you know what that means i do uh because i'm see that's what i mean good for you bad for me right uh i just feel like maybe not that it would have happened already because I know the Yankees are waiting on this whole Atani stuff to to fall through, but I feel like we would have heard something more about it. I feel like we would have heard something like, you know, Yan- uh, Yankees made a statement that they they do have plans to sit down with CC Sabathia, and he did. No, he did. Cashman made a comment. Oh, like he did. That. He did. He. I don't know when he said it, but he basically said that. He has a timetable or something that he's gonna call CC's agent. Oh, okay. He did say I didn't that. know that. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't follow everything all the time. Well, you, know? you should. I know I'm like a genius where I obtain all the information I see. Right. Anyway, me personally, the way I look at it, I don't I'm not really worried about him not being signed right now because I think it's one of those things where the Yankees want him, and he wants the Yankees. So whenever the Yankees get around to it, it'll happen. I mean, it's not really a priority. I mean, teams it is aren't a, like jumping out of their uh, seats. Yeah, I mean, to, really, who's who's rushing to sign CC Sabathia? And it doesn't matter because he's going to wait to talk to the Yankees before he ever made another move. I mean, if somebody came up to him, let's say Seattle, for instance, because they're all hurt that Otani <sighs> uh, went to go d- sign with the Angels, um, said, "Oh, we'll give you." Two for 30. I'm sure he would call Cashman and say, hey, this is what I got. Yeah, you know. I'm sure he'd even take a little bit less. The intriguing name out there is Alex Cobb that the Yankees seem to be interested in. <sighs> but as your fifth starter? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I not mean, over CeCe, but if something no, I, happened with... That's, that's my problem. I have CeCe in my mind. So if you're going to tell me I could either have CeCe or Cobb, I'm going to take CeCe. But then this is where um, I was reading that the Yankees, they want to shed uh, either Ellsbury, obviously, or Headley because they want to add CC and Alex Cobb. So who's out? 
Does that mean Jordan Montgomery starts the year in Triple A? I don't think you can do that. I don't think he. Did. I mean, I, I really think don't was, think that's think fair to him. I, I think, think he, he was, proved himself beyond anything on the uh, just on the field. I think he's a very level-headed guy. He's a left-handed pitcher, and you know, I think that's someone you want in your starting rotation. All right, so let's say we go into the season with Severino, Tanaka, Gray, Montgomery, and Cece, which is pretty much the rotation from last year. Is that enough? I mean, is that a starting yeah. rotation to win a pennant? Yeah, because I've made this point before. Even if Tanaka has another year, you hope he doesn't, but even if Tanaka has another back and forth year like he did last year, this team's still going to make the playoffs, right? I would assume so. Okay. And then you get to the playoffs, and you saw what kind of a guy he was in the postseason. He's going to – he knows how to pitch in the big game. So, yeah, you don't want him to go out there and, you know, be crap one day and then be good the next. But if he is again, so be it. This team is still going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I'm not going to say – bold prediction here. What is today's date? Two weeks before Christmas on December 10th here. Bold prediction. I'm not going to say he's going to win the Cy Young Award, but I think Sonny Gray, at the end of the 2018 regular season, people will put him in that conversation. There's just something. I don't know what it is. I think Sonny's Sonny's ready to prove that he belongs in the big market. I agree, but here's my thing, right? People are going— And he was another Yankee that tweeted about uh, the—I don't remember exactly. uh, He tweeted something like, a bunch of emojis and then something like I'm waiting or something <laughs> like, but people he was are, another Yankee that tweeted about Stanton. People are going crazy that the Yankees need to focus on starting pitching, not on getting another power bat in the lineup. Give me a break. You have the third runner up for AL Cy Young. You have Tanaka. Who I assume is only going to get better. This you year. have Tanaka who let's put aside last year. This guy has now, one of the best winning percentages in the major leagues since he's been here. I don't think he's an ace, not because he doesn't have ace stuff, just because, you know, this team loses and a guy like CeCe comes out and he knows how to stop the bleeding and win. Can I, I don't know if Tanaka I've ever asked you this. Shown can I ask that. you this? Can I, yeah. I don't know if, about Tanaka. Do you think because of his elbow situation that he is holding back in the regular season? He's holding something back? And then when the postseason came around, he just let it all go? Possibly. Possibly. I, I don't know. Maybe. I I don't see the thing with Tanaka, and this is what I was just about to say. When his split when his splitter's on, I'm telling you right now, it is unhittable. It's unhittable. It drops off the table like I've never seen any other pitch from any other pitcher. When he's off during the regular season, he doesn't have that splitter. He's throwing that splitter down the plate, and it's not breaking enough where it's becoming unhittable. He's leaving it in the zone. I don't know if that's due to him favoring the elbow because then he comes out the next day or the next you know time out, and he's unhittable again. When so his I don't splitter know. isn't on, it's the most hittable pitch in the major right. leagues. But when it's on, it's the most unhittable pitch right. in the major so, leagues. The fact that he wasn't just garbage all year and then threw in maybe a couple good starts would tell me that, no, he's too good too often to say he's favoring anything in his elbow. He still had too many good games last year. I think it's I think it's a matter of mechanics and, and 
and getting that splitter on track early in the game. Um, so back to my point, you have the third runner up in Cy Young. You have Masahiro Tanaka, who please stop underestimating. And then you have Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray might not have made, uh, you know, detrimental impact for this team last year. We all kind of feel indifferent towards him, but he's a great pitcher and he's your third pitcher on this team. You know, detrimental means bad, right? Yes. Okay. Cause you said the way you phrased that, I don't think you meant to use that word. Uh, let me think here. No, I probably didn't, but you get my point. I do, but I don't want the listeners to think you're dumb. Well, it's okay. Maybe they feel better about themselves now, you know? Okay. And then you go to Montgomery. One of these days I'm going to get an email that says uh, I bully you. You do. (laughs) (sighs) I'm just saying, all I'm saying is the starting pitching, yeah, maybe they could go out and get someone, but it's not as much of a necessity as everyone's making it out to be. To say that they should have gotten a starting pitcher over Stanton, you're out of your mind. And who says that guy's out there? Right. Are the Dodgers trading Clayton Kershaw? Oh, hey, you want Cobb instead of Stanton? No. What I'm saying, are the Dodgers trading Clayton Kershaw? Right. Did suddenly Corey Kluber become available? if if something was on the table where a guy like Kluber, Kershaw, Sale, whoever was on the table and it was either him or get Stanton, then, then yeah, you have an argument. Yes, but right? it's not. Because the lineup is solid as it is, but when it's not an option and Stanton starts knocking on your door, you're out of your mind to say they shouldn't have opened that door and signed him. Especially for the way the deal broke down. I mean, this is a no-brainer. I know. They're still under the luxury tax. And anybody that's worried about... um The starting rotation, not going deep in games. Nobody starting rotation goes deep into games. And the Yankees are much better equipped for it than other teams right. because that bullpen is so good. Even with that uh, nut job, Batance is out there. I'm not saying he's crazy. I'm just saying I couldn't think of a better word to describe his erratic nature mm-hmm. coming out of the bullpen. There was there was talks very briefly that Batances was part of this deal with Stan. And that goes back to... What I was saying about who that makes money would the Yankees want to trade? They're not going to trade anybody out of their pitching staff that makes any type of money. Right. I mean, Batanzas makes, what, 3 or $4 million a year. Yeah. But apparently not even apparently the Marlins don't even want him. So but no. a, a, what I did read, though, is that the Yankees' priority is to try to move Ellsbury and Headley. If they can't, then maybe move Gardner because he— He's, he would I be a tradable commodity because it's the last year of his deal. He's making probably, what, about 13 mil? I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I see the Yankees much... How do I want to say this? I see it being much easier for the Yankees to get rid of Headley than Ellsbury. Because Hed- also because Headley's on look, the last year of his deal, too. But 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 think of this, too. No one gives Headley credit for what he did in 2017. The guy had a good year. People would people would want him on their team. 
Outside of his May, he was an over 300 hitter. Right. So, and he did come on in the I, ALCS. I don't he had see, a good series, really. I don't see any reason why Cashman couldn't get rid of Headley if he really wants to. Because then, I mean, do and, you want to play Torres and Torres, or do you still want to have no, that veteran presence? No, you go out and you get Frazier. I don't know if that's on the Yankees' agenda, because why are you trading a guy that's making money to sign another guy for money? You know what I'm saying? I guess... I, get, right. I just think Frazier brought I do the too, X factor. but I think now with this deal with Stanton in place in his salary, why are you going to trade Headley to shed payroll to bring in a guy that you're going to have to pay some more money to mm. and extend when you know you got Andujar and, and Torres coming and maybe you want to sign Manny Machado next year. I just don't think it's in the cards for uh, Todd Frazier. But maybe he can have a, a reunion in Queens with his former teammate Starlin Castro. Who knows, right? Maybe. All right, last thing I want to say before we do a little Aaron Boone chatter is uh, there was a report that came out today. I think I, I tweeted this. I might not have tweeted it, but I definitely told you that Ellsbury has a no-trade clause, and he doesn't want to waive it because, A, why would you want to leave the Yankees at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Right on the doorstep of maybe winning a World Series. And number two, he thinks that he can win the starting center field job back what's he on drugs he isn't i don't know no, that's a good mindset to have all right but he's native american right so they do a lot of peyote on those reservations <laughs> but i mean what's the guy supposed to say no i'm definitely uh definitely the fourth starter here no you're gonna go out and you're gonna say i still think i can compete and, and I guess what? Look, if he's coming he back i want him to have that i want him to have that mindset of course because i would rather have a guy coming out here saying you know what I'm going to take my job back and say, look, I'm making 20 mil, though. I'm going to sit on this bench and ride this thing out. (laughs) Listen, I've said this from day one. It's not Ellsbury's fault that he's getting paid superstar money. He's not a superstar. He's an above average center fielder. Never was. He never was. He had one year that that led him to get this kind of money. And it was two years removed from right. when he was a free agent. So I don't know. It's not Ellsbury's fault. That was a panic move. It was a straight up panic move by Brian Cashman. We give him all the credit in the world all the time on this show, but that was a straight panic move because Robinson Cano left to go to Seattle and they had the money burning a hole in their pocket. Let me ask you a quick question before we get to Boone. As a Yankee fan, okay, say they don't get Stan. Say that never happens, and they win a World Series next year. You can sit back and say, this team rebuilt, brought up all the talent they had, and they did something from the ground up and won. Does any of that get removed for you, the fact that they went out and got a guy like Stanton? No, why are you not allowed to supplement your team with with? With a guy like that. But, like, you know everyone else in the world is going to say, oh, buying championships again. Okay, Are but what did, feel what did the way? Boston Red Sox try to do last ah, year? I know. They, that team is almost completely homegrown, right? And they went out there and they traded for arguably the best pitcher in the American League. I think pitching's looked at a little different. But still, that nobody gave the Red Sox any crap about that. No, we're the Yankees. I saw I saw a headline from March, and I think it was uh, – Bye bye, baby bombers. Welcome back, the Evil, Evil Empire. Empire. You know I what? can't wait. <laughs> We're back. I'm excited. That's what, I, that's what I say about that. I'm excited. I don't care. I don't. I I like it when I like it. I feed off of 
the tears of the haters. I put them in my Gatorade bottle. This is hater tears right here. I drink it. I bathe in it sometimes, okay? That's what that's what keeps me going. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I like the Yankees this year. They're fun. They're young. Oh, now they've got John Carlos Stanton. I hate them. You know what? I love it. I yep. love the fact that you hate us again. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I'm on board with you on that. All I right. just wanted to ask. So we thought we were going to have to find things to fill up time on this podcast. But, you know, we're quickly learning that the Yankees are just going to do whatever it is that they do and just completely throw our plans in the garbage. So we spent almost an hour talking about uh, John Carl Stanton. And we want to touch on this because we promised we'd do a giveaway off of it. So we're going to spend a couple minutes on it before we wrap up the show today. Um we thought it'd be a nice little topic to talk about. Uh, on Thursday, this just shows you how much has changed in the past couple of days. We ran a poll that said, should the Yankees hire someone with managerial experience to be Aaron Boone's bench coach? So then we said, you know, explain your reasoning for your vote in the comments and, you know, we'll pick a winner. We're going to read five responses on the show. And then we'll pick a winner from there. We'll do a little Yankee giveaway. So, all right. First, overwhelmingly, one. let me just say this: overwhelmingly, eighty-six to fourteen percentage uh, people voted that the Yankees should hire somebody with managerial experience to be Boone's bench coach. Do you okay. agree with that? Yes, I I think they should. Do you think that it matters I less? Well, let me say this: maybe not managerial experience, but I want a guy as his bench coach who's been around the game for a long time, who's been a coach for a long time. Do you think it matters less because Larry Rothschild is back? Okay, great question because that's my first reply that I'm going to okay. read. From Chris Gura, sorry if I got that wrong, at Gura 2020 No, Larry Rothschild will keep the ship on course. Two brainiacs in Boone and insert name will change the identity of the Yankees. We need one, loose. I think he meant loose. He put lose. Loose, fun, smart, and respectful ball players. Not corporate cold hearts. Show some emotion and flair, but respect our game. I don't, I don't really get the end of that, but I'll say that, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to it and they don't get anyone with experience, Rothschild will be enough of a presence, I think, to, to man the ship, per se, but... I still think it's important for them to get someone. Yeah, I don't think that um, Mark Teixeira should be the bench coach of this team. No. Hitting coach, maybe. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think you're going to see Beltran, to be honest. Maybe. Um, Okay, this one's from Donnie Smith at Don Vader Smith. Yo, Donnie, babe, what's up, man? (laughs) Boone's hire was based on... Connectivity and experience with baseball metrics, which Cashman likes. However, there will be times when he's going to have to rely on a bench coach coach to bounce ideas off of in real-time situations. That's when he will need manager experience handy. Doesn't that isn't that the one thing that scares you about Boone? He's been a baseball lifer. We've been over this a hundred times, but when he's got to push the button in the seventh inning of a big game. What's he gonna What's he gonna go to? Right. Uh, I, it, I like I said. It just 
No, it's not a concern. You for can't me. you can't la- lean on analytics in that spot. I'm sorry. Okay, it's just like, but, but listen, he's still or gonna, that or that. Hey, Aaron Judge thinks you're cool, man. Like, but listen, sometimes those things come naturally to guys. We'll never know not, going until yeah, you give right, him a chance. You're right. So, but don't you think that? I'm just gonna bounce. Listen, we just had a manager that off the book, and I'm not saying it's his fault because it seems like the Yankees only wanted that. But off the book, off the binder. The guy was lost when he had to make a, a decision from his gut. Not all the time, but most of the time he just seemed lost doing it. Boone is a different guy now. This is a different guy we're dealing with. It comes naturally to some people, and I think Boone's the type of guy that they they saw that in. When he does have to make those big-time well, You're decisions. right. We won't know until he's put in it, but that's why I think he should have a safety net, there, at least this season. Um. Kenny wrote at Shanty Shanty Irish. Sorry. What's up, Irish Kenny? (laughs) Uh, I'm just reading this because it's a name that no one is really going. Like, I thought this guy's name would be thrown out there a million times now. Tony Pena. Knowledgeable and Boone knows he doesn't want to manage. I agree with that. See, Tony Pena, I think, is a perfect fit. As a bench coach. But why did they remove him, though? You got to think about that. Why did he get removed from Girardi's staff as bench coach and put at first base? Hey, listen, you don't know all the facts. Maybe him and Girardi were clashing. Maybe. Why wouldn't Joe just fire him then? He has the right as the manager to get rid of somebody on his staff. Mm. I really don't think he had that much power. I think the Yankees love Tony Pena in, in the roles that he has had. Um I think Tony Payne is the perfect guy, but maybe then it would come down to too much of the old staff and maybe you should let Boone have a guy that he likes. You know what I'm saying? Or trust. Joseph at Jewish Muscle. (laughs) I'm from an an Irish to a Jewish. That's going to get us fired. (laughs) I'm sure if he took the job, he probably has a plan let him do it his way. Do you think Boone, they're giving Boone the power? Now, I heard Boone and Cashman are sitting down now to discuss a staff. Is Boone really going to have that much of a say on who he wants? Because, again, this is when we're talking about no managerial experience. If he had, if he was a manager somewhere before and he worked well with someone, then he's going to throw in some names. But any name he throws in, it, where's his where's his credibility? He's never worked with them as a coach or a manager. So I don't think, I think Boone is more going to just sit there and say, yeah, I'll be part of this process, but I'm not going to be the one to throw names into the hat. Well, maybe, uh, Cashman will go, all right, here, I got coach A, coach B, and coach C. Who do you prefer as your bench coach? Maybe, maybe that'll be like that, but Cashman, Cashman will come up with the options and let Boone pick from the options. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't think Boone's walking into Cashman's office and saying, I want this guy to well, be the Well, I'm saying coach. Boone's going to be there for the for the whole process. He, interview, yeah, I know. Whatever, I get it. But, so. but that's what I'm saying. I, like He's saying that let Boone do his own thing or whatever. I don't think Boone's walking into no. Cashman's office no, and saying. No, but if Boone's the guy that, that everyone says he is personable, connects with everybody, he's going to be the type of guy that when he's interviewing or, or part of the interview process of these people, he's going to know right off the bat who he's going to connect with and who he's going to work well with. So I think that's going to go a long way for him, but I certainly don't think he's going to sit there and tell Cashman who he thinks 
should be his bench coach uh, or, or who they should interview or anything like that. All right, last one, right? We did? Yes. All right. Aaron at baseball underscore life 26. No, not necessarily. Like Boone himself said in the press conference that he'd rather have someone smart and able to have a great relationship with than a guy with experience. What, is he dating this person? <laughs> if you can get a guy with experience and, and, I don't and a guy want, that's smart. I'm not into looks. I just want somebody <laughs> I can have a conversation with. Then, of course, that would be the best of both worlds. Listen, this kind of is what I just said. He's the type of guy who's going to know who he connects with and who he, and who he doesn't. Um, Are the Yankees going on Match.com to find uh, Aaron no, Boone's bench but, coach? But, Doesn't but it listen, sound like that, though? Like, <laughs> ooh, we connect well on a level. <laughs> you, you're going to want a guy who you think you can work with. Listen, we both say how much we hate each other, right? And we, we're never nice to one another on or off this podcast. It's not just an act. But... We've you were at my house last night for a Christmas party, and I tried to kill you in front right. of my whole family. I so. made you serve me food, and he did it. Uh, but he begged like a dog. <laughs> um, but we have cranberry ginger ale and Jack Daniels, Ugh. though. Can I say that, please? Awful. Listen, we work well yeah, together. So, yeah, except for that, we have okay. we have good energy together on this show. We feed well off each other. If we didn't have that connection, this podcast wouldn't be as successful as it's been so far. I hate your guts, but you're my best friend, and I'd, I'd kill somebody before I killed you See? if it came down to that. So. See? That was so sweet. Merry Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I almost said something that would have got the show turned yes. off the air. So. <laughs> Probably. Um, it's Christmas, so. So now am I putting this through a random thing here, or you want to you discuss uh, whose response we like the best? All right, because I'm old and I forget things. Uh, the best tweet was the last one that I heard because it's the only <laughs> one that I remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with that last one also only because I'm I'm a firm believer in that. In what, Match.com? Yes. Why are we plugging other websites on this show anyway? <laughs> I'm a firm believer in the fact that um, Boone is going to want to go with a guy that he connects with and that he thinks he can work well with and – so on and so forth. So, and that's why I think the rumor of Eric Wedge makes sense because he fits a lot of, he checks a lot of the boxes. He's a, he's a former manager, and I think that the Yankees should have somebody that has some type of experience on this staff to go along with Rothschild. And I, from what you hear, is that as his manager, him and Wedge Boone and Wedge, they got along well together. So. So Aaron at baseball underscore life twenty six, congratulations. Um, are we putting this on Twitter or is it a? I will no. This is go you you people knew the the deal that we were gonna read the tweets on the podcast. So listen and DM us, Aaron, when you hear the podcast. Be like, yo, hey guys, I won. <laughs> I'm sure you don't really sound like that, but in my mind, you probably do. So <laughs> We'll send you some nice Yankee swag that we got from uh, somewhere. Got some stuff that we could send Off the out. street. Yeah. It's dirty and... <laughs> it's probably stepped on. Yeah. Maybe a dog Just peed kidding. on it. No, Aaron's actually a good follower of us. Uh, everybody is. We everyone love everybody. is. Aaron's always contributing. We appreciate it. 
Uh, and great answer there to win yourself a giveaway. And that's not why I picked him. It's legitimately because I forgot the other four responses. And, and I legitimately was... picked him because I think it's the best and most accurate answer. I'll so. be honest with you. I just, especially when you're around, you're getting old, I, man. I can't hear, I don't you're remember things. Speaking of getting old, you want? You have anything to say to me? Today's the 10th. Okay. Your birthday is the 14th. Right. So there is where that lies. I think... Because this is the last podcast before my birthday, you should say something nice. I did. I said you were my best friend like three minutes ago. Is not enough. Like happy birthday. And I and and I I sang to you on your birthday on that podcast. Oh, that was awful. I'm surprised we were even able to record another podcast after that. I'm surprised somebody didn't call iTunes and have us shut down after that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yes, it's Chris's birthday on the 14th. So everybody tweet. At Chris under Chris Junior underscore N Y Y S T on the fourteenth, wish him a happy birthday. So happy birthday to Chris, and that's it for today, right? That's it, man. That was a, that was a nice little episode. Disclaimer: If the Yankees don't make another major move in the next seven days, we will bring back the bums and do the third base bums yes. next week. Yes. Okay. We're not forgetting about it. This is something we wanted to do. We had fun with the first three shows, right? We did first space, second base, and shortstop so right. far. Chris Carter. Who won second? <laughs> Stephen Drew. Stephen Drew and Brendan Ryan. Ryan so far. They're the winners, if you want to call it that. Can I just say this? Do you think that the Yankees got wind of the Bronx Bummer segment and they've been doing this to prevent us from doing any more? Yes. They said, you know what? We don't want these jerks over there making fun of guys that we have <laughs> have had on our team that we're going to trot out at Old Timers Day. <laughs> and just a quick thing, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or last week, we were going to let our followers decide if Boone should be part of the third base bum list. We ran a poll, and overwhelmingly, no. That home run saved him. He should not be on the list. All right. I said, and I think that's a big sign that this was right after they announced him, and everyone was pretty defensive for our new manager. So I think it's a good sign. It I makes think you he, wonder if he wasn't picked as manager. Hey, listen, I think Joe was an easy guy to dislike. I think Aaron Boone is going to be a very difficult guy to dislike, and I think he's going to win over a lot of Yankee fans, most Yankee fans. Hey, you know what? Like I said, it wasn't been wouldn't have been my first choice, but he is the choice, so I'm on board. I love it. All right, so that's it, right? We're done. That's it. All right, so next time we talk to you, Chris will be how old? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. His last year in his twenties, and I'll say this from experience: number twenty nine. Once you get past thirty, you make you mad for Christ's sake. What that supposed to mean? <laughs> Yes, if, if we ever get to the point where we can finish the bums before spring training starts, we're going to do our baseball movie yes. podcast. And yes, I think both of us are in agreement that 61 is our, both our favorite. Oh, easily. Uh, easily. easily. Favorite, e- uh, even if you're not a Yankee fan, that's... What's that? I love that. What's that supposed to me? <laughs> you make a man for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't know what these... My Indians. father, my grandfather... <laughs> When, That's they, a mess when, scene. They, when they eat the toenail eggs and the guy, <laughs> the guy Bob's like, oh, hey, no, I'm in a slump. I'll, I'll try oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. If you haven't seen it, stop watching Home Alone and It's a Wonderful yeah. Life and put it in. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, again, thank you. This was episode 20 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 
Crazy, right? Um, Chris at Chris Junior underscore NYYST at Christian underscore uh, NYYST. There's no on there. It's just Christian <laughs> underscore NYYST. Follow us at NYYSportsTalk.com. Go to the website NYY. No, no, no. Follow us at NYY Sports Talk. Go to the <laughs> website NYYSportsTalk.com. Click podcast. Click shop. We want we you to go to the the web- just nice. go to the website. I mean, we we want to name drop a couple people. Beth Wellington. We got Chris Northrup, and we're so they're doing a lot of good work for us recently. Beth's doing. And a- Beth's been busy. She has been very busy. Uh, and- Beth's our news update person. We when we brought her on, we said there might be days where you might go days where you have nothing to talk about, and then you might have five or six things to do in one day. And the Yankees have kept her busy, so yes. we thank Beth. Chris has done great jobs with his columns on Shohei yes, Otani and uh, some other things he's written about. He's fantastic. I actually have an article queued up. At- I haven't been able to release it yet because of all this crazy news, but it talks about maybe a backup catcher situation for the Yankees. So that'll be dropped uh, once the Stanton stuff clears. So they've done great. <laughs> We're still in the process of assembling a staff uh, to do game recaps for us. So we want NYY Sports Talk to be your one-stop place to go for not only your audio Yankee content with, with Chris and I in the podcast, but for our amazing staff of writers for your written stuff for not only columns but news updates and game recaps and listen, as there's well. a lot of other places out there that that will give you yankee updates but most of them yes yeah, some of them just strictly focus on new york but it's all sports we are strictly yankees so you know we're a little different in that aspect so yeah just bookmark don't even bookmark it. Just go on your phone, type in nyysportstalk.com. Or go to our and leave it. Twitter just leave it up it. and hit refresh every couple hours. I'm sure something new will be up well, there. Well, if you actually subscribe to our site, anytime anything new is written, you get it right in an email. So. There you go. Subscribe to the website. And while you're there, click on podcasts and it'll subscribe pop up. anywhere there. Anywhere you want. We're basically anywhere you want to listen to a podcast. It's all right there on the website. Just click. And subscribe to your favorite platform. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, let's, let's end this with saying happy birthday to Chris. And uh, Thanks. if nothing major happens, we'll bring back. I said this last week, but, you know, you know, who knows? Maybe Clayton Kershaw will become a Yankee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know at this point. But thank you again for listening. And Chris, say goodbye. Peace!